title of the message is, Let's Continue Until the Day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for another opportunity to open your precious word. And we thank you that we have, can have assurance that we have the preserved words of God. And that we can have confidence and assurance therein. And therefore have peace and comfort knowing your promises are yea and amen. Father, we pray as we look into these passages of Scripture this afternoon that you just encourage our hearts, remind us of the things that we need reminded of from time to time, that you'd be glorified and honored, we'd be helped, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, this is Paul's testimony, as I said, this defense for Agrippa, and it kind of reminds us, it reminds me that you know, if you're going to live the Christian life, you're going to have opposition. Now, this opposition, of course, was the Jews who uh, wanted him dead. But, you know, we do have an enemy. You know, we may not have people walking around looking for us, hunting us down uh, in our country, but we do have an enemy that would desire to destroy us, that is, to render us ineffective without uh, without a witness and testimony for the Lord and, and to render our lives ineffective. You know, First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now the devil knows that if you are saved, you're saved for all eternity. And he can't change that. That you're a child of God and he can't change that. You know, I think that makes him angry. But he also knows that if he can mess up your life, then he can be successful in maybe bringing a reproach on the Lord. Kind of, I remember Chuck Coffey telling the story at one time about, or using the illustration of this one time about, you know, the Vietnamese planted these mines. Of course, almost every army uses landmines, and the purpose of the mines were not to kill you. They were to just maim you, make you lame. I mean, if, if it killed you, then, you know, it really wouldn't have as much an effect on the rest of your unit because they, they would just, uh, you know, have somebody call in for an evacuation of this body or whatever, how they did that. But if it injured you... That would require <clears throat> some other soldiers staying and helping you. And it would hinder the whole unit. He says, that's, that's, so, so the mine's purpose was to, to, to blow off part of your foot or, or, or damage your leg so that it would hinder the progress of the whole unit and give advantage to the enemy. You know, Paul's enemy here was, their purpose was to get advantage. And, of course, Satan used the Jews to try and get advantage over the Apostle Paul. And, you know, it would have had the temptation, of course, of maybe I should just quit. Maybe I shouldn't be so zealous for the Lord. Maybe I shouldn't be so outspoken for the Lord. Francis Havergal was called the uh, evangelist in song. And uh, her brother-in-law actually told her one time that she shouldn't be so outspoken with the gospel. 
If you ever want a suitor, you're, you're going to have to tone it down and not be so ac- outspoken. And she said, well, if that's the qualification, then I'll do without a suitor. And she never did have a husband. But, but you know, she was, she was outspoken. Um, so we want to see here some things that, that Paul says. First of all, the means by which he continued. In verse uh, 22, it says this, Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none of the things in those which prophets and Moses did say should come. So having obtained help of God, Paul's means of continuing till the day here was he was dependent on the Lord. He, he obtained help of God. You know, Paul had a lot of things in life that we would think would help make him successful. You know, he had a uh, very strict Jewish upbringing. He had a great education, educated by, by Gamaliel, the, the, the doctor of the law at Jerusalem. And uh, he was fluent in, in several different languages, some believe maybe as many as six languages. So he was a well-educated man. He would have had things that would have made him successful as a Jew. But that is not what he credits with helping him continue. He says, having therefore obtained help of God. In fact, he tells us in Philippians chapter 3 that all the things that he had as a Pharisee, he did count them but dung, that I may win Christ. I count them with dung. See, it's not our upbringing or education, although those things affect us in life, but, but we can, it's, it's how, it's the help of God that makes us effective in the work for the Lord. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, Inasmuch as both in my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. In this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the grave of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ." under the glory and praise of God. You know, the, the, the greatest thing, the greatest help we can have is of God. Uh, you know, education can be a wonderful teacher, but it can be a terrible master. First Thessalonians 5.24 says, Faith was he that calleth you, who also will do it. In Ephesians chapter 3 Verses 7 and 8, when he was writing to the church at Ephesus, Paul said this, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me whom less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You know, we all think, well, Paul was that great guy, and we could never attain to that. Well, wait a minute. What does Paul say? I'm the least of all saints. What he's saying is, look, if God can do it through me, he can do it through you. 
He can do it through you. But see, the, the key to Paul's success was here, he, he acknowledges that it was the Lord that made him a minister. It was the Lord that effectual worked in him through the Lord's power, and it was his grace, the Lord's grace that was given to him that he should preach among the Gentiles. So, having retained help of God, you know, without the help of God, we're without hope. Without hope. Second Timothy 1 says, For God hath not given unto us the spirit of, of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, sometimes people say, well, I can't do that. Well, I always say, can't, never tried. But we should never say to the Lord, I can't. Because what we're saying is, the Lord can't give me the grace and the strength to do it. Well, I just don't have the gift of witness. Well, witnessing is not a gift. It's a command. It's a command. And, and we can obey any command the Lord has given us. We can, we can obey any command the Lord has given us to do. And so we ought to do it. Uh, the second thing we see here is he, he was, his availability, and this is the key, of course, to all this. You know, he was dependent upon God, but he made himself available to God. He says in verse 22, Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none of the things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. In other words, he didn't rely on his own abilities. Notice what he said, saying none other things. He didn't use his intellect or his great speaking abilities or, or, or any of that things. No, he just said the things that God commanded him to say. Again, he understood it was not by might nor by power, but my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, Zechariah 4, 6 says. He reminds me a little bit of Amos. In Amos chapter 7, and I, I feel like I can relate to Amos a little bit. Uh, you know, Amos was a, was a farmer. He wasn't a, he wasn't a prophet's son. Amos chapter 7. It's in the white pages of your Bible. Uh, Amos chapter 7, verse 10 says this, Then Amaziah the priest of Bethel sent to Jeroboam the king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive out of their own land. Also Amaziah said to Amos, O thou seer, go flee thee away unto the land of Judah, and there eat bread and prophesy there. Prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it is the king's court, king's chapel, and it is the king's court. Then Amos and answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go, prophesy unto my people Israel. Now therefore hear thou the word of the Lord. Thou sayest, Prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Thy wife shall be an harlot in a city, and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword, and the land, thy land shall be divided by line, and thou shalt die in a polluted land, and Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of this land. 
You see, the, 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 the religious crowd said to Amos, look, this is the king's court, this is the king's chapel, and you're just a herdman. You're not a priest. You're not a prophet's son. So go. Don't prophesy here. He says, yeah, I know. I was not a prophet. I was just a herdman. But the Lord said unto me, go. Go. Somebody said the greatest ability is availability. Are you available for the Lord to use you? So that's the means. Second thing we see here is the method, his method. In verse 22, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. So his method. First of all, we see he, he, he was vocally saying. Uh, everywhere he went, he preached the gospel. Uh, preached the gospel. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13 Romans 10, 13, the Bible says, Who shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. So, you know, the Bible says, you know, Paul went, it said, went everywhere, witnessing both small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses should they come. So he witnessed to them with his, with his mouth, testifying, preaching the gospel unto them. And we, we are, we are the mouthpiece or we are the witness uh, that the Lord has chosen to use in John 16, 7 and 8. John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8. Uh, I'm sorry, go to chapter 15, verse, verse uh, 15. Henceforth I call you not servants. The servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he shall give it you. And so we are to take the gospel, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 tells us, and, 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 de- and declare the gospel by word unto all that will hear. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth and said, Ye are our epistle, known and read of all men. And so he, his means was, or his method was, it was, was vocal. The second thing we see about his method was, he was it was also practical. Notice verses 4 through 20 of Acts chapter 26. And I've touched on this, of course, this is what the law of the message was about this morning. But in verse 4 he says, My manner of life from my youth, which was of the, at first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify, that after the most straightest sect of our religion I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of the God under our fathers, under which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? 
I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. When they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them off in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persuaded them even under strange cities. Whereupon I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them at Damascus and at Jerusalem, throughout the coast of Judea, then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. See, Paul says, Consider my manner of life. Consider my manner of life. And he tells them. You know, Paul, here's his, his, his testimony from beginning to end. How he persecuted this way. How he caused, er, tried to encourage them to blaspheme and, 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 and uh, uh, compelled them to, to turn against God. And then how he, he himself was converted. How he met the Lord and he was converted and the change that it brought in his life. The man who, now, who persecuted those now preaches the same and, and tries to witness them and, and, and teach them and instruct them how to have forgiveness of sins and inheritance, eternal life. See, he says, you know my past. Look what Christ did for me. He's telling them what happened. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, Again, he rehearses a little bit of his testimony. 1 Timothy 1, verses 12 through 16. He says this, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ may be show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. You know, so he was giving his testimony and saying, Look at my life, look at my manner of living. You know, Paul testified not only with his words, but with his life. You know, some would say that, you know, on the road to Damascus, that Paul had an epileptic fit, or he had a sunstroke. Well, he was sunstruck, but it wasn't with the S-U-N, it was with the S-O-N. And so he says, look at my life. And, you know, we, we ought to be able to say to, to people, you know, 
follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, we are commanded uh, to... Well, look at, look at 1 Peter chapter 2. I read this this morning. But it says, You are a chosen generation, verse 9, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not attained mercy, but now have attained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from flesh and lust, which war against the soul, having your con station honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. You know, our conversation, our manner of life ought to be such that if people have some sincere questions about the truth, they would search us out. They would search us out. You know, I have a neighbor, I don't think he's saved, but he says all the time, well, if I was going to go to a church, I'd go to yours. Now, I'm not the only person that's ever talked to him from this church, but others have. But, because he says, he had, and he said to me, you know, I've been to some churches, a bunch of hypocrites. You see, our life should also witness and testify of the grace of God. So vocally, practically, third thing we see here, impartially. Notice verse 22. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great, saying none of the things. Small and great. It didn't matter who it is. It didn't matter what they are. It doesn't matter. To the Jew, to the Gentile, to the bond, to the free, to the barbarian, the Scythian, Paul wasn't concerned who they were. He was concerned, did they know God? And yet we shouldn't be concerned about who they are. We shouldn't be concerned about what sin are they involved in. Because there's no sin from which a person cannot be saved. No sin. Too great. Uh, you know, Jesus witnessed to Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews, the rich young ruler. These were well thought of, high society people. Also to Zacchaeus, the hated publican. And the Samaritan woman living in whoredom. And she got saved. And it says the common people heard him gladly. The common people. It didn't matter if it was a king, Festus, Governor Festus, or King Agrippa, or, or, or a runaway slave Onesimus, or barbarous people in Acts 28, verse 2. Paul gave him the gospel. Or whether it was those of Caesar's household from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 22. You see, it shouldn't matter whether they're white, black, Hispanic, Oriental. The problem is not skin, it's sin. And the solution is not race, but grace. And Romans 10.13 says, 
whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he was impartial. The fourth thing we see here was continually. Verse 22 again. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great. Continually. He said, I continue. I haven't stopped. I haven't got over this. You know, it's been almost, at this point in Paul's life, it's probably been almost 30 years since his conversion. But he's still just as zealous as he was when he first got converted. And he would write to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, and say, more was required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That speaks of fidelity, of faithfulness unto the end. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see where it says we as Christians can retire from Christianity. Now, I do think that pastors ought to, at some point in life, step down from pastoral ministry because of age and so on and so forth. But, you know, there's no such thing as retirement in, walk, in our walk for the Lord, in our witness for the Lord. And so at every opportunity, Paul gave out the gospel. Ephesians, and he wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14, and, and he tells them, look, that we are to consider... Our time, Ephesians 5, verse 4 through 16, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleep, and as arise from the dead, Christ shall give thee light. See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So continually, in every generation, is to serve their own generation. You know, the Bible says in Acts sixteen or Acts thirteen thirty six that 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 David served his own generation, and we need to serve our generation uh, by giving out the gospel. And then the third thing we see here is the message that Paul gave in verse twenty two and twenty three. So, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying. None other things than those which the prophets and Moses should say should come. That Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first, should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the gent- people and to the Gentiles. So, uh, we see the message here that Paul gave. And the first thing we see here is, he proved, the first thing we, we read about is, he proved the person of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, if a person is going to understand the gospel, understand the gospel, or come to a saving knowledge of Christ, they have to understand who Jesus is. Because not everybody teaches the same Jesus. The Roman Catholic Jesus is not the same Jesus as the Bible. The, Roman, uh, the, the uh, uh, Jehovah's Witness Jesus is not the same Jesus of the Bible. The Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus was a created being. My Bible tells me in John 1 that he is the creator. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life and the light of men. So Jesus is the creator. And, and he says here that everything that the prophets and Moses did say should come. That Christ should suffer, 
shall be the first that should rise from the dead. Of course, the resurrection speaks of the power of God, demonstrating that he is God. He has power over death. And so he, quote, he mentions Moses, which would be the Pentateuch, first five books of, the, um, books of the Bible, and then the prophets. Basically, the rest of the Old Testament. And if you, if you would go to the Pentateuch, go to Genesis chapter 22, for example, verse 8, Abraham spoke about how God would provide himself a lamb. In Exodus chapter 12, you have a lamb being chosen for the Passover meal. It was a lamb, it was to be a lamb without blemish, and it was to be put up for a number of days for the purpose of inspection to make sure it was without blemish. And then its blood was to be shed. And its blood put over the lentil and down the side post of the door. And when the death angel passed through Egypt, he would, if he see that, that blood on the doorway, he would pass over you. You come to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. John 1.29, John said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Deuteronomy speaks about Moses spoke of the prophet that should come. And he said, To him you shall hear. And Peter in Acts chapter 3 spoke of Moses saying, The prophet that which could come. You know, I could go on and on about the Old Testament. Isaiah 7.14. Virgins shall conceive and bear a son. Shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew 1 says his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Acts 9, or, or Isaiah 9.6. Unto you a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Now, Isaiah 61 in, in verses 1 and 2, Isaiah prophesied. There's a lot of stuff in Isaiah about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And of course, Jesus read that very passage in Luke chapter 4 in the synagogue at Nazareth. And said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Isaiah 53, of course, speaks of Christ and his death for us. So what did he do? He started with Moses. Went through the prophets. Proving to those to whom he witnessed that Jesus is the fulfillment of all the prophecies. He's the chosen of God to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world. See, there's one, only one acceptable sacrifice. And that's the one appointed by the Father. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Anointed One. Jesus the Anointed One. So we need to understand who Jesus is. In fact, you know, it was... Uh, yeah, I wrote down here somewhere. I think it's in Acts 17. Remember Apollos... You know, Apollos was a great speaker and knew much of the scriptures. And uh, um, yeah, now it's in Acts chapter uh, 18, actually. And, and this is what it, said, it says of him. 
he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Jesus was Christ, the anointed of God. And that's what Paul's saying here, that Christ should suffer. Uh, so starting with Moses and the prophets. The second thing he taught was, of course, repentance. Notice in verse 20. But showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. So he, 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 he proved the person of Christ. He taught that they needed to repent and turn to God. Turn away from your sin and turn to God. Have a change of your will. Change of your desire. Change of heart. Concerning yourself and your sin and the Lord. Uh, and then the third thing we see here is have faith in, in, in Christ. Uh, notice in... Uh, um, yeah, verse 20 again. It showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem throughout the coast of Judea, then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Uh, uh, drop out verse 18. So to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So, so repentance and faith and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, dependence, faith is really a complete dependence on the Lord. A complete dependence on the Lord. Uh, and then he says, and there ought to be evidence, do works, meet for repentance. Yeah, these are, this was the message that Paul gave. If there's life, there's evidence. You know, I'm, we're trimming, cutting some trees down over at this house we bought. Some of them have life, and some of them don't. You know how I tell? Because some of them are starting to push leaves. But some of them aren't. See, the ones that have no leaves, there's no buds starting, they're dead. They're dead. See, that's evidence. There's no evidence there of life. And so, you know, true life demonstrates itself with evidence, of evidence. And so we are to continue. We don't know how long till the Lord comes, but he's given us a responsibility to take the world into, to the gospel into all the world until he comes. By his help, by his grace, we can. We can. We continue. We can continue. You know, we may not be as successful, quote unquote, I'll put that in quotes, as some may have appeared in the past. But as was brought out in our Sunday school hour this morning, if you're going to measure success by Noah or Jeremiah, I mean, they can consider the greatest failures in our world. But they, the Bible says that they walked with God. They walked with God. And so we need to continue to walk with the Lord and give out the gospel. Remember, it's the Lord who saves. But we are the ones that are to give out 
the gospel. So let's continue. 